let's dive in to our sermon for today. So today we're going to be talking about all in. Sister Abigail wrote, read our text for today, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 to 17. In verse 17, in verse 17, it says, and whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. I want you to underline or highlight all in because that's what we'll be talking about today. And I'm going to start by recapping our sold out series. The last three weeks, Pastor Bailey has took us through a series uh, called Sold Out, and we're talking about the fundamental principles of what it means to be sold out to Jesus. In part one, we talked about authentic discipleship. We talked about having a passion for Jesus and that sin is temporary. We talked about every Christian is called to be sold out for Jesus. From there, we moved to part two, letting go. And we talked about letting go of the life you had before coming to Christ in order to reach your full potential and to reach full discipleship. And we talked about love God more than anything else, more than money, more than any person or anything, any possession. And in part three, we talked about embracing a Christian worldview. And under that, we highlighted your worldview will determine how you make decisions for the rest of your life. And the word of God must trump every other view, whether it be political, whether it be something passed down from generation to generation. The word of God trumps everything else. So today we're going to close out this series with talking about all in. And let's start by talking about some of the benefits of being all in. When we look at Colossians and we look at the chapter 3, we see Paul is talking to the church there. And he's talking to them about being all in, becoming that new self. You have salvation through Jesus Christ, so you're transformed. Your spirit is made anew. And, and one key thing I want to stress there, it's your spirit that is made anew. And for the youth, I can remember when I first came to Christ, when God really, I really came to know God in the sixth grade, but it's not till I was older as a teenager that I was actually baptized and really gave my life to him. And I could remember that first week after I was saved, I was like, okay, I've been baptized. I gave my life to the Lord. You know, now everything's going to be perfect. Everything's going to be straight. I don't have to worry about anything. There's no temptation, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I can remember that first week in my car driving. I've been baptized. And I had a brand new CD that I bought like just a couple weeks before I've been baptized. And it was, uh, it was filthy. I'll just say that. It was a filthy. And I'm sitting here, and I'm sweating bullets because that CD is just calling my name, just calling my name. You know, I got, I got the speakers in the back with some bass. I could put it in right now. It's just calling me and calling me and calling me. I'm like, Lord, how, why is this thing calling me? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a new creature. Why is it calling me? One thing we have to remember, through salvation, our spirit is made new. 
But the flesh is still the flesh. So you're, you're all, that, that's why that CD was calling me. That's why I was like, okay, I need some bass. Because the flesh still, is call you, still calls you. This is one of the reasons why, as Christians, we really need to be all in. Because being all in and being centered and following the Holy Ghost that's within you, your spirit will rise and we kill our flesh. Another example, when we talk about people overcoming things in life, you hear about people, let's say a person may say, I want to stop smoking, I want to stop doing this. Let's be honest, you can be, you can be unsaved and stop, stop smoking, you can stop this habit, you can stop that habit, but in order, in order, excuse me, to mortify something, to mortify, a, to mortify sin, the only way you could possibly do that is having salvation through Jesus Christ and having the Holy Spirit dwell within you. And there's a difference between, a difference between that, and we'll talk some more about that. So one of the first benefits of being all in, you can mortify sin. You build your spirit up, and those things that call you in your flesh, they start, to, they start to wait away. The more times you deny that thing, the more times I denied that CD, it built my spirit up, and it, killed my, it made my flesh lower. It made it easier over time to where I could pick the thing and throw it out the car. I didn't have to worry about it because I built my spirit up to that point. So that's one of the first benefits of being all in. We know who we are. We know who we are in Christ. We have that salvation. All right. Second benefit of being all in. God has approved us. It means that I'm approved. God loves me, so I am loved. God is the fulfiller of hearts, so I am fulfilled. And if you round that all out, what I'm saying is it makes you whole. When you're all in for God, when you're all in, you are whole. And we go back to, we go back to our verse. We look at verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace. And, and Paul is talking to the members of the church here. He said as the, they're, they're, the, they're the body of Christ. They're the church. They are called to peace. Knowing who you are and knowing who you, being whole gives you a peace. I'm not saying, especially for the youth, I'm not saying you're never going to be tempted. Your flesh is never going to come up. But whatever the situation is, you have a peace. That peace through salvation, the Holy Spirit, which dwells within you. Peace to handle whatever situation. So bad things may come, but what being all in does for you, it adjusts is how you respond to that. It adjusts your response. Think about Jesus. People tried to test Jesus. They talked bad to him. They tried to trick him. But look Go through, go through the New Testament and look at his response. 
his response was always the proper response. And this is one of the key things of being all in. And, and I can give you an example. Like, I remember when I was living in Texas and my wife and I, we became a deacon and deaconess. And it took me back some of the things that Christians would come at you with. I mean, some people had issues with us being so young. There's lots of different things. But because of the Holy Spirit that dwelled within me, I could always give the proper response, always do it with a smile on my face. Because, once again, we're all in. All right? Another benefit of being all in, going back to the example I give, someone else's actions don't define me. Someone else's actions don't define me. Because we know who we are. We know, we are, we know that we're a creature and that we belong to a creature of, um, of God and that we belong to him. Someone else's actions don't define me. We look at the world, and a lot of times the world, they're looking for gratification, looking for, action, looking, for, looking for that reinforcement. Your reinforcement comes from God. All right. Another benefit of being all in is you know that someone else's talents or someone else's beauty does not diminish your own. We live in a culture so much where everything is based on me, myself, I see somebody else has it. I want it. And we can see this in everyday life. We can see this at our workplace. We can see it in our neighborhoods. One neighbor get a new ride. Next week, the next, ne next neighbors get a new ride and so forth. One person gets it. One person um, does something new in their house. The next person does something new. It's, a lot of times it's just about competition. And being all in, we know that those things don't define us. God gave us all talents. He gave us all gifts. And we're to walk in those gifts. All right. So being, being all in. One thing I want you to take from this is when you're all in for Christ, you have new life. That old life, that old way, the way you were before is washed away. That spirit is made new. And that spirit will keep you through any challenges that you may, may go through. There's always going to be ups. There's always going to be downs. There's always going to be things that try to draw you away from. But rest on the Holy Spirit which dwells within you. All right. All right, let's go on. We talked about some of the benefits of being all in. I want to talk about some things that we should guard, of, guard against when we're all in. The first thing is a lack of focus and the love of the world. Take your eyes off the world and its illusion of happiness. You will never find peace from anyone or anything the world offers you. Trust in the Lord. And I'll give you a quick example. When I was a young man, I was looking for, I was looking for money to go to college. And one of the things I did is I came to the decision to join the United States Army Reserves, and I went in as a reservist. This wasn't an easy decision, because joining the military, similar to our sermon here, 
it's something you have to be all in. You can't go in and then two or three days later say, you know what, I, I, I don't care for this. You know what, I don't want my head shaved. You know, I don't want to live in the barracks. Just send me back home. It doesn't work like that. You have to be all in. You have to have that commitment. And I thank the Lord that I had a good recruiter. He didn't try to jive me. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't give, tell me anything that was false. He was straight up with me. And he told me, if you're going to do this, you have to be sold out for this. You have to be all in. Because once you sign that paper and you become that number, <laughs> they're going to tell you where to go, where to sleep, where to do this, where to do that, where to do that. You had to be prepared for that. So I made a decision to go in. And one of the things that happened while I was in there, during basic training, we have something that's called the gas chamber. And the gas chamber comes up after we, they train you how to use a gas mask. You have to put the mask on. You have to be able to put it on in a, in a certain amount of time. You have to seal the mask. Because if the mask isn't sealed, and you go in that room with all that gas, and your mask isn't sealed, it's going to start seeping in. So the gas chamber is one of my, one of my fondest memories from basic training. And I'll tell you why. So they fed, they fed us good. It was after lunch we were going into the, the gas chamber. So they gave us a big meal. You can eat as much as you want. You could drink as much as you want. Just take it all in. Just devour it. Just, you know, we just went to town. So after lunch, they take us out to the field where the gas chamber is, this big this cinder block looking building, a door on the side. You have to put your mask on, make sure it's sealed, and we walk in the gas chamber. We're walked in and we're all lined up. Our drill instructors are in front of us. You, got your, you have your mask on so the gas isn't affecting you. You look to the left, you look to the right, everyone's fine, everyone's, sit, everyone's just chilling, just standing there. And then comes that word, take your mask off. Okay. So I'm going to take my protection off. Take that protection off. But my focus, when I took my mask off, stayed on my drill instructors, which were ahead of me. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm breathing in the gas, and I'm like, okay. You know what? This is not that bad. Because I was focused on my drill instruction, just watched my drill instruction. My drill instruction was just there, and I'm just, okay, this actually isn't that bad. But what I made the mistake of doing, I already had my protection off, and then I lost my focus of staying focused on my drill sergeant. My focus changed, and I looked to my left. I looked down to the left, I see one of my boys, Private Torres. And Private Torres, at this point, is, is rolling across the floor. And I, and, I and I forgot to add this. We were one of the last groups to go through the gas chamber that day. So by this time, there's muck, mucus, and everything else on the floor. And Private Torres is rolling around on the floor, screaming he cannot breathe. So that broke my focus. So now I'm breathing even faster. <laughs> I look to my right now, and another private up closer to the door has bolted for the door and is fighting one of the drill instructors to get out. 
also talking about he cannot breathe. And it was amazing to me, and I still laugh about it, because it reminds me so much of us. When our protection is off, we take that protection off, and we lose, lose our focus, and we start to focus on the things of the world and the things around us, how it takes us to a place that we don't have to go. I was fine in the gas chamber. I was breathing there, and it burned a little bit, but it was nothing to panic about. I didn't panic. I didn't start to, until I started looking and seeing all the things around me. So one of the things in that example I want you to take away is keep your focus and keep the protection. We have protection through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that dwells with us. Keep that protection. Don't focus on the world. Because just like me in the gas chamber, where I started breathing hard and, and all the gas started coming in and my eyes started tearing up, I was fine until I let that my focus be taken somewhere else. So keep your focus on Jesus. You don't want to be like Private Torres, rolling around in the muck of the world. Amen? Amen. So... Lack of focus and love of the world. And like it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 32 through 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the world. Young folks, I, I, I tell you, I tell you this, it seemed like just yesterday I was young. I better not hear no laughing. It seemed like just, just yesterday I was your age. And we think of so many things in the life that we think will bring us happiness. When I get this wife, when I get this, this amount of money, when I get this job. And I'm telling you, like I'm sure your parents tell you, but those things don't bring happiness. Those things don't bring happiness. If you, and I'll say, I'll, say, I'll, I'll go even deeper at this point. If you want to have a strong marriage, if you want to be married, unless you're a foundation, you need a foundation and you need to be all in for God. Because without that, you're going to experience certain things. If you go into marriage with the expectation, young folks, that my spouse is going to make me complete, my spouse is going to make me happy, my spouse is going to make me this, my spouse is going to make me that, you are in for a rough ride. All things, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. There is no other way. There is nothing else, period. Nothing else. If you don't get that, there's certain things you go through to reach, bring you to that point. But that is it, period. And I say that strongly, especially for anybody who wants to get married to spend the rest of the life with another individual. You have to have that foundation. You have to be all in for God. Because without it, your expectations are going to be out of whack, which is going to put your marriage out of whack. Amen. And that's just a side note for all those who will be attending the marriage ministry event later this month. <laughs> all right. Another thing that takes us that we need to guard against in being all in is interference from others. This one is touchy for this one's a really touchy subject because a lot of us, 
you know, we may have dysfunctional or controlling friends, a lot of times even family, who try to take us from being all in. I can remember as a teenager, I had a wide spectrum, I'm talking a wide spectrum of of friends. If you were to meet some of the people I ran with, you were like, there's no way Brother Ray was with these folks. A wide spectrum. And one thing I learned, and it's like ninth grade when it really hit me, is I am responsible. I don't have to go anywhere or do anything that doesn't fit my spirit. Now, I'm telling you, I had friends who were, uh, what's the word? What's the word, Brother Jacoby? Hard? I had, some friends, I had some friends who were hard. But they knew, and then they called me Ray, they called me Burn. They knew Burn wasn't going to do certain things. They knew I wasn't going to go certain places. And by standing on that and being all in, those same folks were the ones who, when everybody else wasn't around, when all the boys went around, those are the same ones who would come to me and, and express certain things, want a deep conversation, a real understanding. And that's what being all in, it's not just, not just for you. Other folks see that. We don't let other folks interfere with our spirit. We don't let dysfunctional friends and families interfere with our spirit. We should be influencing them. It's the, it should be the total opposite. So that's the point to make there. You know, don't let dysfunctional friends, family, whatever the situation, don't let them influence you and lead you down roads you know that you shouldn't do. If, it, if the Holy Ghost is within you and doesn't fit your spirit, you don't need to follow it. Period. It's that simple. It is not hard. Don't make it more complicated. Well, they're not going to like me. They're not going to blah, blah, blah. They're not going to this. You know what? Walk with God. Stay focused. God will provide everything that you need. Amen? All right. Another thing to do here, make sure we seek God's wisdom and perspective to how to handle your decisions. A lot of times we let emotions come in from being all in. Emotions can be a powerful thing. A lot of times it may be something, a lot of times it may be something, it could be money. The new Jordans just came out. Somebody else has them. I want them. It could be anger. I'm angry about this. Don't let your emotions overcome your spirit. Don't let your emotions overtake the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. All right? And set necessary boundaries with everyone outside of God's will for your life. Set necessary boundaries. And there's actually a book on boundaries. Um, I'm, forgetting, I'm forgetting the author right now, but if anyone wants it, see me after service and I can look it up. There's an excellent book that talks about setting boundaries. We have to set boundaries in our lives. Because again, we don't want to let certain things get into our spirit. We talked about earlier that we build up our spirit As we build up our spirit, our flesh, we want to get it lower and lower and lower. So we keep boundaries to to keep certain things or certain individuals 
in from our spirit. We have to guard and protect it. Amen. And in doing this, we're always, we're always staying within our spirit. Like Ephesians 5.21, where it says, respect one another out of reverence for Christ. Just because you have boundaries with someone does not mean that you don't respect them. Let me say that again. Just because you have boundaries with someone does not mean you don't respect them. I have coworkers I work with who can cuss from 9 from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. But they have boundaries, they know not to do that with me. I still have a I still have tons of respect for them and hopefully they have the respect for me, but I've set that boundary in place. And I don't let people cross that boundary. All right? So keep your boundaries. Just because you have, again, just because you have boundaries doesn't mean you, you're being disrespectful. A lot of times this comes real hard when we're dealing with family members. And we have to set boundaries with set family members to keep certain things out. All right? Another thing to guard against in being all in is failure to control your thoughts. Control what's going on in your mind to keep yourself whole. And realize that your, tr- your thoughts don't control you. I control my thoughts. And we talked about this a little bit. Bad things happen, but I don't have to allow self-destruct- self-destructing thoughts to come out of my mouth, my heart, my brain. Bad things are always going to happen. That's, you've, that's, what, that's really why we need to be all in. Because bad things are going to happen. Things that we don't want to are going to happen. But like it, t- like it talks about in Colossians, there's a peace in, peace in Christ. And bad things could be going on, but you could still have your peace. Being in it and walking this walk, I can't even remember how I even functioned or how I, I'm thinking, how did I even manage when I didn't have, when I didn't have Christ in my life? How did I have any peace? How did, I, how did anything get accomplished? But stay in Christ because even through bad times, you will have peace. And that, that is one of the great things about having salvation is that peace that it gives you. Because regardless of what situation it may be, because we're all going to experience things. We're all going to have family members who pass away. We're all going to have trials and tribulations. But there's nothing like the peace that we can get from our Father in the midst of these situations. All right. Something else to, be, something else to watch out for and being all in is unforgiveness. And we look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. All right. So, quick question. Jesus hung and bled on the, on the cross of Calvary. And he, 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 he took away what portions of our sin? Was it one-fourth? Half? See, somebody jumped. The brothers of COVID, that you jumping the gun? He took away how much of our sins? All sins. That means that it's just the sins up to today? Does that mean the sins... Does it cover the sins tomorrow? Is there a time limit on, the, on which sins he picked? Is it once he, or is it all the sins I did up to the time I was 20? Is it to 30? 
what does it cover? It covers all of our sins. All of our sins, are, all of our sins have been covered. That, that's how much our Father loves us. And that shows the level of forgiveness that he had for us. So we need, we in turn, need to be able to forgive because God created us in his image. And if God is that forgiving and we don't follow that model, what does it do to you? If you've ever held something against someone, unforgiveness to them, it affects you more than it affects that person because we're made in the model of, of God. If God is that, has that level of forgiveness, if we don't model it in our own life, it affects us. Unforgiveness would cause stuff like physical, physical things, emotional things. Unforgiveness is one of the most, uh, one of the most evilest things out there, I should say. I'll say it that way. Don't have a heart that's unforgiving. There's one, there's, I say this, there's one person in my life that I had a hard heart for many years and I could not forgive this person for certain things. And as I look back on it, I wasted years holding a grudge against this person. And it affected me more than it affected that person. And not till I let that go did I have peace. And that person's actions no longer affected me. And the reason it affected me, because I was unforgiven about it. It stressed me out. And be, to be honest, if this person was hit by a bus, at that point, I wouldn't have cared. That's how hard my heart was. But I look back for all those years, and it, 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 it really affected my spirit more than it affected that person. It, and it ruined some relationships that now I'm working to build back. And that's being very honest. Don't let unforgiveness take root in your heart. Amen? All right, another big one. Pretending something doesn't exist or isn't wrong. Pretending something doesn't exist and isn't wrong. This is another one. I don't have no issue. I don't need anybody to pray for me. I'm fine. I'm doing my own thing. This is another lie of the devil. Pretending something doesn't exist. You don't have, we don't have issues, don't have things we need to work on, gives power to those things. Another item we need to avoid, need to watch out. Being all in means taking realistic stock of where we are in our walk. Our walk is a journey, a path. We're going to go through valleys. We're going to go through the hills. We're going to go through the forest. Sometimes we may go through the water. But we always have to take stock and know where we are in our path. We can't be delusional about it. You know, I'm fine. I ain't been to church in uh, 13 months, but I'm fine. It's me, God, and YouTube, and we get our praise on that way. <laughs> be, be realistic about where you are, and don't pretend something doesn't exist. Because acknowledging it 
is one of the first steps. Again, we talked about we need to push our flesh. Our flesh needs to be dead to us. It needs to be pushed down. We can't push it down if we don't acknowledge that there's something there that we need to work on. Again, another plug for the marriage ministry. If my marriage is a mess and I don't acknowledge it, it's never going to get what? If my finances are a mess and I just avoid the, the credit card statements when they come, I just pick them up and say, okay, just toss them over there in a pile. I don't acknowledge that I have, have to do a budget. My finances are just going to get what? Nothing improves if, we are, if we're not honest with ourselves. Again, if you go through the entire te- New Testament, look at how Jesus interacted with people, how he was very honest with individuals. Amen? All right. And our scripture there, Psalms 90, verse 8. You, you have set our iniquities before us and our secret sins in the light of your present. Don't let anything be a secret. When we let things be secrets and we put things like they don't, they don't exist, again, we give power to those things. And those things, those things ultimately pull us out of being sold out. It pulls us out of being all in. It takes us to a lot of times where we're not, takes us a lot of times to a point where we feel unclean, undeserving. Again, I said that my wife and my wife and I, we were deacon and deacon this, and I saw a lot of people leave the church because they felt they weren't worthy. They felt they were unclean. They felt they didn't deserve to be in the house of the Lord. And that's the farthest thing from the truth. And I'll tell you this. I don't care what you've done. I don't care. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. God loves you and God had his son die on the cross for you so you have salvation. I don't care if if you're a murderer. I don't care what it is. Again, I'll say this. I've known a lot of people who you would be surprised if you hear their stories. But they've been renewed because they went all in. I'm talking about people, murderers, drug dealers, people from all scopes of life. When you're all in, there's a transformation. When that spirit is allowed to grow and we kill that flesh, there's that change. So the church, what I'm telling you is, no matter where you are today, make that commitment. Make that commitment to be all in. Make that commitment to be sold out. And let nothing keep you from that. Let nothing stand in your way. Amen. And as we come to close, as we come to a conclusion for our sermon, just we'll say this, I'll say this, jump in. Wherever you are, jump in. Get in God's word. Take an honest assessment of yourself. I talked about being in the military. One of the things the military did for me, because it was really my first time long-term away from home. It was my first time being away from my family for holidays like Thanksgiving. But it also gave me, also gave me a lot of time to reflect on myself and be very honest of who I was, my strengths, my weaknesses, the things I needed to work on, and where... God was taking me in life. 
take that time and jump in. Be sold out. Be all in. For anyone who has not heard Pastor Bailey's series on sold out, please visit our YouTube page. You can get them there. You can also go to our church website. Please listen to part one, two, and three. It's, I'm telling you, it will bless your spirit. And I want to thank everyone for, for your time and your patience as we close. We never want to close out without giving the opportunity for those to receive salvation. So this time, I ask that everybody bow your heads and close your eyes.